Welcome to Apply Yourself, the Pathrise podcast. Every week, we'll have guests to give us insight on hiring and job seeking in tech. Guests will include recruiters, engineers, founders, designers, product managers, and everything in between to hopefully leave you more informed and inspired in your job search. Today, our guest is Maolom Nionene a recruiter at BetterUp, which is a digital platform that connects employees with professional coaches one-on-one. And their platform makes use of a lot of machine learning algorithms to really accurately find the best coach for you and also provides in-depth analytics for uh, managers and all of that. Really an, an interesting application, I think, of both tech and human services. Um, so first of all, Maulam, thanks for thanks for coming. I want to make sure, did I describe like better up correctly or would you add anything else to that? Oh, you did it swimmingly well. And thank you so much for having me. <laughs> yeah, we're super excited to have you. So I guess just to get started, I'd love to know more about you and a little bit more about your career like in the talent space and like how you got involved in it and what do you do on your day-to-day job? For a lot of the fellows that we have and the people that listen to this podcast, what recruiters do is kind of like behind the curtain and they don't really understand like what the day-to-day is like. So I'd love to, I'd love to hear more about that. Perfect. That is quite a bit to unpack. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with just giving you insights into who I am. So personally, um, I'm a first-generation American. Mm-hmm. I was originally born in Togo, West Africa. I am a proud father of two incredible daughters. Mm-hmm. I'm fortunate in that I get to share my life with a phenomenal partner, the walking angel I call Melanie. Mm-hmm. I think her mom and dad called her that before as well. <laughs> and recently we rescued a pyrodoodle. Uh-huh. So we have a new dog named Solomon and I thoroughly enjoy nurturing old bonds and building new ones. Mm-hmm. And professionally, as it pertains to just my path here, I was educated as a biomedical engineer with a focus in mechanics. So pretty far away from recruiting. Mm-hmm. I stopped my master's degree, three courses prior to graduation. Uh, so I can get a bit more depth and knowledge. I followed a two-year program for Interfaith Seminary mm-hmm. and I found it just enriching to just study about the strings that connect us all. Yeah. From there, actually let's go back. Professionally, I say that I believe I started interning in pharma using various professional collegiate groups, started off with Catalan, I believe, then moved over to Stryker Orthopedic. And I started my official professional career at the Department of Defense. And there I spent about 80% of my time focused on engineering and 20% on EEO, uh, essentially equal employment opportunity counseling, mm-hmm. uh, whilst evangelizing, recruiting, and building infrastructure for inclusion. And, and what uh, led you to your role at BetterUp? Oh, okay. So there's two questions. I remember there's one about what led me to recruiting. Yeah, 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 yeah. Would you like the long one or the short one? Uh, medium. <laughs> <laughs> medium. Okay. So to recruiting itself, medium would be 2010 and 2011 had some significant life changes. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom and dad passed in. My partner and I had this thing on our fridge. We had a lot of magnets on our fridge and then we took them all off. And the thing we had on our fridge read, what do you love? So we determined that life gave you time uh, due to recent events at that time. Our equation was simple. We knew that there were things that we had to do so that we can live a certain quality of life and then things that we chose to do Mm -hmm. and things that we love to do 
So our goal was to essentially minimize the things that we had to do until our life was filled with things that we love to do. Mm-hmm. And a few months later, I discovered that the 20% of the time that I spent recruiting, investigating EEO cases, mm-hmm. and just building inclusion was so fulfilling. Mm-hmm. And then from there, after a lot of no's, a few transitions, a very, very thoughtful sorcerer, a few recruiters. I got my first chance to actually move into recruiting Mm full-time on contract uh, with Google. Mm -hmm. And it was the start of my full-time career in recruiting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And tell me a little bit about like how you ended up at BetterUp and how that continues to align with what you wanted in your life. Perfect. So how did I end up at BetterUp? It was a series of fortunate events. Um, So I was actually an early beta user uh, over in my startup at Thumbtack. Mm -hmm. So I was able to actually see the value of the product. And when I started looking around at opportunities, actually, I worked with a friend that you and I both have in common. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and when it was time to make a move, I, I was really curious about where I can add value. I wanted to work with an organization that was actually making a positive impact in the world. I looked around a better up. Um, not only was the tool something that I personally have had positive experiences with, but I believed in it. Mm-hmm. And I reached out to a connection we had in common. And it it really, I really loved the interview process. And after my process, I remember speaking to my partner and we had a few choices on the table, thankfully. And she asked why better up. And my answer to her was because of who I may become. There were a number of unknowns, but given the organization, given the coaching platform, given the shared language, I wanted to grow in that direction and be surrounded by people that Mm -hmm. were also focused on self-actualization. Yeah. Is that unusual in recruiting for a recruiter to have like a deep connection to the company that they're working for in terms of the values and all of that? Like, would you say like most recruiters are in-house recruiters are like that? Or do you think that's special about you? So most is an interesting word. I think that out of, let's pick a a subset, out of nine of my friends that are in talent acquisitions, seven of them come to mind. They're deeply passionate about Mm -hmm. what their organization is doing. And one is deeply passionate about building their career, but it's also interested in doing good work. So I think it varies and a number of factors could go into it. I honestly think that having the choice to choose where you work is a gift. Mm -hmm. It's something to be very grateful for. And if you find yourself in that position, awesome. Mm -hmm. But if you're not and you're doing what you can to provide for the ones you love, I think that's perfectly okay as well. Yeah. I'd love to talk a little bit more about, like you said, you were a beta user for BetterUp. I want to hear more about like coaching and mentoring. Sounds like you have like some people that have also helped you along the way, like as you made those transitions. Can you tell me a little bit more about like how you or even like BetterUp's users, the kinds of things that you see change as you intentionally think about mentoring and coaching and ways that you can include that in your career development plan. Wow. You ask the most amazing questions, Rochelle. And (laughs) (laughs) I love everything about it. If I may, though, there was a part of your first question that I didn't answer, and that was around the day-to-day. Is that something that- yeah, sure, sure, sure. We can we can talk about coaching like a little bit later. <laughs> oh, I'll answer all of your questions. I just feel like there's so there's so many different strings that you have that I feel like connect to each other. But yeah, like what's your job? <laughs> what's your job, Paula? What do you do? <laughs> 
Perfect. So I'll start there and jump into coaching. So I, I build inclusive teams and share what I learn. And that's something that actually came out of my first coaching cycle. Mm-hmm. I was really interested in growing. And as we, we develop and we, we start playing these comparison games, uh, commonly known as imposter syndrome, I started listening to my own personal feedback loops. And during that time, I had a better up coach um, and she was great at just working with me to develop an understanding and help me identify what my true passions were. Mm-hmm. And not only were they in recruiting, building repeatable processes, but also sharing what I learned. And then from there, I started writing more and putting more of what I knew out from my point of view. Mm -hmm. So as it pertains to the day-to-day, I start with that. I build inclusive teams and share what I learn. And right now at BetterUp, I'm focused on leading a small pod of recruiters. And we are supporting engineering, design, product, GNA, behavioral scientists, and our coach operations. And my job, I would say, is to provide a learning conducive environment so people can grow while playing in the sand. Mm-hmm. And playing in the sand has three parts. And I'm, I'm like smiling right now and cheesing as I say this. Um, part one is coaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, coaching is it's essentially holding the opposite sides of the same stick. When you coach, you get coached yourself. So I really enjoy that interaction. The second is building repeatable processes. I look at recruiting just like any piece of machinery. It's something that can be tweaked so that we can uh, get the right signal so that we can make smarter, healthier decisions, uh, data-backed decisions. And the third is building infrastructure, ensuring that we have the roads and highways and support structure for inclusion to naturally bloom where it's planted. Yeah. I mean, I think you gave a little bit of a teaser about like what kinds of improvements you saw, like from working with a coach with uh, like your feedback loops and really understanding when I wake up every day, what am I here for? Was that something that was because of your coach or were you just born like that? (laughs) So that definitely was something that my coach supported. Uh, So coaching has played a really big part of my life. I come from a really big family. So from my earlier days, my uncles, my aunties, I have a very large auntie squad um, that still coach me till this day. And it's it's made for a really fulfilling life. Um, When I moved into my collegiate years. I was surrounded by individuals that were just vested in my success, people that I didn't give to, but wanted to give to me. Mm -hmm. And that continued on through uh, my professional development. So I've always found value in coaching. And BetterUp's mission in general is to help professionals everywhere pursue their lives with greater clarity purpose and passion. So it's essentially democratizing and enhancing coaching at scale. Mm -hmm. And the platform that we've built supports employees with personalized development through one-on-one coaching. Mm -hmm. And my one-on-one coaching, yes, prepared me to support my team, prepared me to um, excel at what I did professionally, but it also prepared me to really excel personally. Mm -hmm. And The example I gave about just the tools and resources that my coach leveraged to just move me out of myself um, was one of those. Yeah, absolutely. And it sounds like the teams that you support, it sounds like every team. (laughs) That's not. It's like, are there any that are missing? Yeah. (laughs) Maybe maybe executive? There there are a number of teams that are missing. So thankfully, I work with... um, many, many amazing human beings. Mm -hmm. And the way our talent team is structured, um, we have uh, three pod leads and these three pod leads are responsible for uh, supporting their team, 
also having a player coach relationship and building. So it's truly, for me, it's, it's playing in a sandbox. It's having the opportunity to build, having a clear understanding of what my um, requirements are, what the results are needed, and then having the freedom to get there. Mm-hmm. I think as, as soon as I tasted the ambiguity that came within the startup, I just couldn't, I couldn't get enough. Uh-huh. You know, you have an opportunity to influence your own success in a way. You know, you have problems to solve, but mm-hmm. the guidebook is, it's a little gray mm-hmm. and that's challenging, but also exciting for me. Yeah. What does the hiring process look like right now? Like as you're, you know, experimenting and tweaking and and all of that. What does the hiring process at BetterUp look like now? And is there anything that might be like surprising about it or that was surprising to you? So when I first joined and now it it was a very science-based process, um, evidence-based, essentially from the outside you're looking at an initial call, a follow-up conversation via video mm-hmm. or phone with a hiring manager or senior member of the team. Mm-hmm. Depending on the role, you may have a take-home exercise. And depending on the position, you may have an opportunity to either opt into doing a live technical interview for engineering, perhaps. Yep. Or if you prefer to do the take-home exercise, then that's something that you can do. Uh, we have a review, an on-site interview, And then you have a founder's interview. So the founder's interview is a conversation that allows you to get to know our founders. It allows them to get to know you on a one-on-one. And it's something that happens after the onsite in the comfort of your most sacred space. And so that was the most surprising thing, having that founder's interview. I've had friends uh, that were in organizations that required that, but this was the first place that I've been to where so much rigor and thoughtfulness was brought to it. Outside of that... What can you expect when you join our hiring process? So depending on the role in in engineering, we've been able to get through interviews as fast as nine days. So all of those. Oh, wow. That's very impressive. Well, there's some caveats there. If you don't have any constraints and your schedule is open, we are flexible and we can move pretty fast while getting the right signals. And then some of the times it might take 45 days and Mm -hmm. it really depends on two things. One, your constraints as it pertains to time and availability. And the latter will be ours as well. Uh, Some of our fellows, they might say things like, oh my gosh, that founder's interview, like they would probably freak out way too much about it. I'm guessing that the founders don't give like this ridiculously hard feedback or, or anything like that. I'm guessing that they want to get to know them better and want to like make sure they're aligned with the mission and and also maybe even send a message that they're accessible, they care about hiring and all of that would be would be my guess, but I shouldn't assume that. But I think a student might be like, how do I prepare for this founder <laughs> interview? You know, like, well, like, what would you tell them to to prepare aside from just be yourself? <laughs> Probably yeah, what I think you, you hit it right on the head. So my experience with my founder's interview was that it was a chance for me to get to know our co-founder, Eddie, and it, it really changed my viewpoint of the interview process. To me, when you're at a startup and you're building, especially early on, regardless of the measures that you put in place, there's a sense of urgency. So the fact that that amount of time was provided mm-hmm. and care was provided, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, so I would tell them what you told them, uh, which is just uh, be yourself. And uh, to answer your other question as it relates to the kinds of interviews that we have, so it's a mix of behavior and hypothetical. Mm-hmm. Before we open up a role, we identify the skills and attributes needed for the role 
to be successful. And then we design questions around mm-hmm. getting those signals that we need. And the purpose of, of these questions is really just to give us confidence uh, that someone can thrive in a role. And at times, your students may come up with this where they reach the boundary areas of their knowledge. And that's also something we measure. How do you deal with those boundaries? Mm-hmm. Our goal is to find out what your strengths are. Because in recruiting, it's a three-part problem, right? Mm-hmm. One part is the candidate. What does the candidate bring to the table? What are their skill sets? What are their strengths? What are their areas of growth? And what do they do when they get there? Uh, the second is the hiring manager. The hiring manager is responsible for building a team. Mm-hmm. What does the team need? What can the team cover? And the third part is the team itself. What would be value added for the team? What is it that they can cover? And when you bring those three problems together, then you start understanding the type of candidates that can do well. So it's not just about really excelling at one point of the interview or not doing well at another. It's about having a whole picture of the person's ability to positively affect change on the team Mm -hmm. and of the team's ability to grow and nurture the person and of the hiring manager's ability to leverage all of these resources to deliver. I think when you're talking about like the boundaries of their knowledge, the boundaries of like what they can do today, and then also the support that the team can provide. So like how coachable are you as a candidate? This is what you know today, but are you going to be able to pick it up soon? And then also, are we as a team going to be able to like help you through that transition? I wonder if you have advice on ways that people can like demonstrate that coachability or like ability to learn, ability to pick things up because there's no guarantee that you're going to know everything in the job description. And honestly, if that's true, maybe you shouldn't take that job. Like maybe you should take a job that might push you just like a little bit, but like what kinds of things have you seen in candidates at at BetterUp and, and other places is fine too, that you think can demonstrate that you can grow and learn even if you don't know this today? So this is a a truly complex question, and I'm going to give you some insights into what I've seen, Mm -hmm. um, given that there are many seasoned experts out there that that may give you something different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's okay. When it comes to advice, like you talk to five people, you'll get like five different opinions. Yeah. (laughs) It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's usually it. And leveraging uh, the better framework, and some of these are actually uh, my own family uh, personal values. Uh, so grit, mm-hmm. um, also known as perseverance, is one of our core values. Mm-hmm. Uh, craftsmanship, being able to really do something really well and bring your all to it. Um, courage, taking on challenges, you know, making a switch from, let's say, sales to engineering, mm-hmm. taking on that challenge. It's, it's a big challenge. Um, playfulness, um, bringing a certain amount of joy to your work, being empathetic, uh, not only towards yourself, but towards your team and zest. So I think those values, if you're able to embody that, it's beneficial. But in terms of the core, how do you show that in an interview? My suggestion would be interviewing, it's like walking. Right. Just we were all babies and some of us are really fortunate in the sense that we have, you know, two legs, two arms and that we were able to walk. And when you're walking, you're playing a positive some game, regardless of how much you try, regardless of how many times you fall, you're just going to keep going. 
because intuitively mm-hmm. if you're developing this new skill. Every data point, leaning on a chair, leaning on a balloon, standing up on an adult, holding a wall, falling, it's just leverage for you to get better. And you're intuitively processing these things. So when you're interviewing, I would strongly suggest that you play that same game. Every interaction, whether it's email, conversation, questions asked, everything you read, it's a data point that you can leverage and digest. If you focus on that game, mm-hmm. then you can weather the storm because this can be a process. Uh, this can take as long as six weeks or even six months. Mm-hmm. So being able to weather those psychological pressures, because interviewing really can be taxing. To me, it means playing a game, playing a game where you're taking every data point, using it to iterate upon what you know. Every interview you do, yes, at times you can think through it to nauseum, but uh, just understanding that the point of power is within you. Um, There's tons of resources out there that you can leverage to prep yourself on interviews as well as prep yourself on the company, understanding what the culture is, understanding what the role is. But at the end of the day, interviewing is like walking. So play that game. I I know you said that it could take as short as nine days. Like if like they're like, okay, boom, like give me the assignment. I'll turn in the assignment tomorrow. Like, um, like, like, let's make this happen. I want to talk to more people on the team. Or it can take you like throughout like 45 days, which seems like a lot. And I know you used to work at Google as well. And we definitely get a lot of fellows that are like, oh man, like I really want to work at Google, Amazon. And they don't feel prepared for the interview. And one thing that I'll recommend often is like, you can ask to interview a little bit later, you know, like you don't have to interview in the next two days. Like you can ask the recruiter if, if it's okay to interview in a couple weeks or even a month. And sometimes they might be okay with that. And, and if they're not, then they'll tell you. But I'm a little bit more hesitant to recommend that to someone who would be interviewing at a startup because I would assume that like they need to hire somebody like five days ago. But it sounds like it might not be like that at BetterUp. Like, what would you advise for, I guess, BetterUp specifically? Because um, I don't I don't expect you to speak for all startups. So I'm actually going to try to speak for all <laughs> startups. All right, and, um, go for it. Yeah. I, I will advise that the candidate finds out a bit more about the role. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're dealing with an evergreen role, um, let's say there's a strong team that's looking for a junior engineer or an experienced engineer, and that's a headcount that they're going to have for the entire year. Mm-hmm. Let's say they have 24 people or higher. Then when you're dealing with that and you have that information, then I think it's ideal to Uh, take your time and interview when you're ready. Uh, Sometimes that might not be the case. Uh, Sometimes you are competing for one position Mm -hmm. and being clear on that, finding out what the headcount is, finding out uh, when they ideally like to start. This is information that companies should offer to you when you ask. Mm -hmm. Actually, I have not yet worked at an organization that has not offered that information. So Mm -hmm. just ask. And uh, a, a part of this is understanding why you have the end goal. So I have a personal friend that was focused on working for Google and they essentially interviewed one year, um, didn't get in, um, did their best to leverage their lessons learned, to prep, to continue working at their regular job. I think they may have gone through one job transition while they were doing this interview process and they did it again the next year, didn't get in and continued to get better and better. And the third time around, year three, they were able to 
really just excel at the uh, Google interview process, uh, but it was also something that was earned and there was a deep sense of satisfaction there. Um, so when you're coming out of the gates and you, you pick an organization because they're working on something that's extremely value added and you want to be a part of that, keep interviewing, keep trying. And if at first you don't succeed, like the old adage is, try, try again. You know, it may take you two or three tries to get into Google and that's okay. Yeah. If that's where you want to be. In the meantime, keep interviewing elsewhere. It's just like walking. Once the kid gets the taste of standing, they don't just go a day without standing. They're going to keep pushing. Yeah. As long as you like view it as like something that you're consistently learning from, like refining your story, refining what you're looking for in a company and like really evaluating like all of those data points consistently. I think that's like really good advice. I know you mentioned like inclusion was really, it's what you do every day. It like, as you're playing in the sandbox, it's like shaping the things that you do. What does that look like in the interview process? I know like inclusion is very big and like people end up in the company and are there ways that you have found like reduced bias in the interview process that like people may or may not recognize like on the other side? Yes, there are ways that I have found reduced bias and um, in terms of especially things that are hard to actually get a signal on if you're the one being interviewed. And one is just really building a process, Mm -hmm. um, standard and structured processes. So having a set of questions, having a clear understanding of what the rubrics are, what a yes is, what a no is, what a strong yes is, and leveraging that to gauge each candidate. Mm -hmm. That's something that a candidate might not see, but it will allow for a bit of mitigation Mm -hmm. on um, unconscious bias. Uh, Another is just interview training as well, Mm -hmm. coupled with continuous calibration. So not only do you want to train your interviewers on how to interview, what signals to look for, how to identify the patterns of their own unconscious bias, um, but it would be beneficial to actually run through a calibration process so that they're continuously being calibrated. And so those are a few things that can be done on the back end that interviewers, if you're interviewing, you would not mm-hmm. generally know. As it pertains to being inclusive, I think inclusivity is its also something that's difficult and complex when you start breaking it down. How do you work with organizations and people to make them feel as though they have a seat at the table? And throughout the interview process, it may mean representation. It may mean sitting across from someone that has things in common with you. Um, But when you join the company, I think that's when there is more of a need to build structure and processes and build values that allow individuals to really put their best foot forward within each engagement. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm going to bring this up just because it's come up, I think, maybe twice in the past month. Like if someone has, I've, I've had fellows that have really struggled with whether or not to like disclose a, a disability or when to ask for accommodation if they need an accommodation. I know like the government does like a pretty great job at this. So I think your training is probably pretty good. Like for startups, like when do you think someone should like broach that conversation if they needed like some sort of accommodation because of a disability either? Visible or or not visible? Yes, this is a question that I've wrestled with for quite some time. And Mm -hmm. my answer today is that this is, it's deeply personal. It depends on your disposition and your experiences. 
we would want to think that organizations are behaving in your best interest. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have quite a bit of conversations with candidates and I'm thankful when they're open with me. I really personally appreciate when candidates tell me from our initial call, uh, we actually require it as a question where we ask candidates, uh, how can we better support them? And when candidates provide those insights, we do our best to support them. And also, yeah. because we are a remote first company, there's a lot more that we can do um, than other organizations. Um, but to answer your question succinctly, I, I think it's deeply personal. It depends on where you are with yourself, the organizations that you're looking at. Mm-hmm. And I want to give you the best advice possible. So I would just encourage you to do research on the organization. And ideally, this is an organization that supports you. And if they are able to support you, then great. If they're not, you can always ask a recruiter or ask someone that's connected to the organization if you don't want to do that within your Mm -hmm. interview process. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's a great segue into the culture. So Better Up is a mostly remote company. Like, what, What does that mean? What percentage of employees are remote? Oh, so last I checked, we had a little bit over 200, roughly about 100 in our headquarters in San Francisco. We have a satellite office in Phoenix, another satellite office in D.C., being that I am near that office. I'm mm-hmm. super excited about that. It feels like home. Mm-hmm. So right now, I'm going to say 60% roughly, but it's constantly growing because we are <laughs> we are growing and scaling. Yep. Welcome to a startup place. How do you think that's uh, affected culture? I mean, you mentioned one thing about like being more inclusive in the interview process. Are there other things that you think um, have how that like distributed culture has has affected BetterUp as an organization? Yes, I think that BetterUp has built some processes and procedures um, that really allow you to feel included. Um, with coaching being the common language and nomenclature that we use. There are so many things in this realm of BU that allow you to connect with people. Um, so, for example, my first week at Better Up, I was onboarding in San Fran. That was pretty fun. Week two, I was working from home. And I think it was like Tuesday, maybe. I just remember doing a plank challenge with three of my team members, one of our co-founders. And I was over video in my home. They were in their offices. And I lost. We all lost. (laughs) We have a very, very strong (laughs) team in general. Amy beat us all. (laughs) Uh, But there's things like that that allow you to feel connected. We have two company-wide retreats a year. We have many off-sites. And there's a local community, actually. Before I joined the organization, the local DC team reached out. This is before they had an office, invited me to their monthly gatherings. Mm -hmm. And the monthly gatherings are done in a way to accommodate everyone. Um, So I have two daughters. And so sometimes evenings won't work, but they have the morning breakfasts. Mm -hmm. So there's the community. There's a support. uh, We have lunches um, and just plenty of opportunities for you to network and stay connected to individuals. On my team, I have a daily stand-up. So I at least do video calls. I have at least three to five video calls a day. And I think that might be heavy, but it's also because I really like staying connected to individuals outside of Slack, outside of emails. Mm -hmm. That's, Mm -hmm. I find that value added. Yeah. When I was remote at GitHub, there were some days, uh, not often, but some days I'm like, I didn't talk to anybody with, like, aside from with my fingers, like all day. And if you're not, 
If you're not like intentional about that, that can absolutely happen. So a lot of the people that we work with are newer in their careers. I think a lot of them would maybe find even appeal in remote companies in general, but do not even know how to navigate or would just assume that a remote company wouldn't hire somebody right out of college. Is that true at BetterUp? Or I mean, maybe I'm guessing it's some version of it depends. But what advice would you give to someone who is maybe specifically looking to work for a remote company for some reason, either because of the flexibility that you mentioned, or maybe it's more accommodating for for them? <laughs> so at BetterUp, we do hire individuals remotely, whether you're a new grad or not. I, for us, we um, I found out quickly when I joined that there is enough coverage uh, to have that support. And uh, again... Looking at an organization, looking at what their values are, where they are in their stage of growth, mm-hmm. what they can support. I mean, a better up when I read the mission of helping people discover a greater purpose and passion for work and talking to individuals about things that weren't just about work, but making the world a better place mm-hmm. and using work as a way to do that. I think that it just really it, it really infected me. I, I mm-hmm. wanted to actually add that benefit to the world. So yes, we're building a transformative product and we're working to get to the market faster and we're doing everything that we can better so that we can have individuals that have more energy, that are more committed, that are more engaged, that are more productive and that are overall happier. And there are many organizations that use BetterUp. So I would encourage you to do your research, look at the different organizations and throughout your interview, ask questions, find out how people are feeling, find out if you can talk to other members of your team that aren't in your interview panel. I think that just talking to individuals, having straight conversations, will give you insights into the support they have, um, as well as the gaps. Uh, one of the core things I got in my interview was just a really, really happy executive, smiling, mm-hmm. willing to tell me all of the things that were wrong. And it just, it brought me a sense of comfort mm-hmm. because if you're willing to be that honest with me, you know, <laughs> while you're attempting to sell me, mm-hmm. I want to be a part of your team. I think that, we, mm-hmm. you know, I want to grow with you. Yeah, absolutely. And like my knee jerk reaction, if someone's like, oh, like, what's the drawback of like being remote? My first response would probably be like, you need to be intentional about finding mentors and like understanding your your career development. But honestly, I, I think better, probably just better at that than, than like the average company, uh, given, given the product. Yeah, I think, I mean, we, we have a global network. Yes, we're based mostly in the US, but we have a network of experts and coaches all around the world. Uh, right now, I believe uh, we're in 800 cities worldwide because we have such a large footprint with our clients. Um, we're able to provide virtual one-on-ones across all time zones, and we're able to support members in 22 different languages. And it's really because of the product and the overall goal. And also, uh, one of the things that I really love is that we have some amazing luminaries here, some individuals that are working on cutting edge, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's behavioral science or just business, and individuals that have multiple degrees and disciplines and are active in multiple industries, and they're here providing resources, uh, whether it's through talks, through books, through just the research that they're doing, in addition to having your own better up coach, as well as a better up coach for a partner, significant other, or friend, uh, you get access to all of these luminaries. And to me, it's, um, it's extremely value added. Yeah. Awesome. I'd rather have like that as a perk than like, you know, an extra beanbag chair. Um, <laughs> so this is a fire round. So these should be, uh, like, like quick answers. What Perfect. is, um, 
and this one's better related, but the rest will be <laughs> uh, made more personal. What's the tech stack at BetterUp? Oh, so we're coding in Ruby on Rails mm-hmm. uh, using AngularJS, mm-hmm. and we're hosting in Heroku. Nice. What's your favorite app that's not BetterUp? Oh, favorite app that's not better up great great way to ensure that that stays in the loop um, <laughs> i'm gonna take five top five audible ted tao daily because i love the daily chain um slack i use it a lot uh-huh. but I, w- I would love to reduce the amount that i use it and headspace i don't use it enough yeah yeah i know you didn't mention this at all but you've also traveled a bunch what's your favorite place that you've traveled to in the past five years Oh, that's big. Favorite place in the past five years. So I was in Sonoma last week, uh, and that's Bay Area. Mm-hmm. So that that was interesting. I love the Rolling Hills. Uh, part of that was just late nights. I love the Palace of Fine Arts. Mm-hmm. Just sitting out on a blanket in the park in SF, the Presidio, Fort Mason. But as it pertains to my favorite place, it would have to do with the people. Um, so. Five years, two places. One, San Francisco. Um, it was a time where we took a 18-hour walk, which was pretty cool, all around the city with two of my friends. And another was, hmm, I'm going to have to say Ghana. Ghana and Togo, actually, both. Oh, nice. um, visiting family, visiting friends, and just... Mm-hmm. Um, just celebrating. I feel like whenever I land in Ghana, I just immediately get an extra jolt of happiness. Oh, that's awesome. So I don't want to put you on the spot for this, but um, you mentioned dad, two daughters. Do you have a dad joke on hand? Oh, of course. I have many dad jokes. (laughs) You want to share one? Oh, perfect. Um, You know what? Let's do this. Do you want to hear a really cool knock-knock joke? Sure. Okay. Say knock-knock. Knock-knock. Who's there? Uh, <laughs> 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 All right, that works. Yeah, that qualifies. Yeah. <laughs> that qualifies. Okay. Um, yeah. So those are all of my my lightning round <laughs> my lightning round round questions. I, is there anything else that you want to say about Better Up or working at Better Up or how to apply or or any of that? Um, if someone was listening and they were interested in Better Up as a company. Definitely check out our website, um, betterup.co, and apply directly there. If you have any questions, you can reach out to our recruiters. Uh, but definitely applying would give you access. We have a set team that reviews all applications. And last thing to say about BetterUp, one of the things that I found really interesting about being internal at BetterUp is the fact that there's so much research that goes into it. Mm-hmm. Like right now, we're, we're, we're leveraging the latest research across behavioral science to create something that's effective, that's value added, um, and it's the approach we take to organizational transformation. So professional coaching, immersive learning, and providing insights designed for everyone, it's something that I am thankful to be a part of because we do it really, really Mm -hmm. well. And by being a part, I mean just helping scale the team. I am by no means a behavioral scientist. Well, I think that's the cool thing about being a recruiter. Like when people really ask me like why I love being a recruiter, I always said, because I got to build the teams that made new things in the world. And the team is so important, critical to whether or not that's going to succeed or if it's going to be garbage or not. And I think 
the recruiter is a really important part of that. And like, is it going to be an inclusive team? Is it going to be a collaborative team? Are they going to like working with each other? All of that. And like bringing smart people together, bringing innovators together. And also like maybe someone that you didn't expect that like really, really ended up contributing and growing to like those particular teams. Like those are the things that I thought about at every company that I was at and every conversation that I had with a candidate. So yeah, I think you build the team too. <laughs> okay, so I, I think that's it. I really appreciated talking more to you, Maulam. Uh, Better Up really seems like a very special place to be and it seems like you're doing a lot of the right things like pretty early on, which is great. I know I didn't ask if you had like a specific new grad program, but if you ever did, I'm sure there was a lot of new grads that'd be very lucky to be there. Yeah, we are constantly iterating and hiring different positions and you and I have an amazing relationship. So I trust that before we launch that, I would actually, this is on air, right? (laughs) So I trust that once it's launched, I would reach out for a list so that we can not only notify our students, Mm -hmm. but also just ensure that we are getting these different channels of people with different skill sets. So one thing about BetterUp is, especially on our engineering team, we don't have education requirements. Um, so this new superpower that is coding, you can learn it. And if you can show based on our skills-based interview, then you can join and support our team. And I think it's something that, although I didn't insist on and I wasn't a part of that change, I'm so proud to be a part of a team mm-hmm. that understands that not everyone is afforded the same opportunity um, so if you're able to learn a skill set, if you're able to prove mastery, we would love to talk with you. Yeah, that's an awesome way to end. Well, thank you so much to everybody that was listening. I want to just take a moment to briefly talk about uh, our fellowship program at PathRise. If you're a student or a new grad interested in working in software engineering, product design, data science, or marketing, our career accelerator program provides one-on-one technical interview preparation and also career mentorship with advisors like myself to help you get through all of your interviews and land the absolute best job possible. If you're interested in learning more and potentially joining our next cohort, check out pathrise.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you so much, Maulam. Until next time. Until next time. Thank you so much, Rochelle. (laughs) 